So Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to speak to your people. I ask for your righteousness to invade this room. Father, I ask you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth who came in the flesh to remove all influences of the enemy, no matter what area it comes from or if it's affecting anyone. I break the hand off of evil off of everyone that is here under the sound of my voice by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth who came in the flesh. I paralyze and deactivate the schemes of the demonic from this area and from those watching remotely. And I submit myself to the full functioning of the Holy Spirit in this place. Thank you so much for coming out tonight to hear me talk. Um, it's been such a joy for the last year and a half to be a part of this community that's embraced me and loved me and, and just caused me to grow and just been family to me. I'm from Trinidad and Tobago. I grew up with music in the house all the time. So oftentimes you'll hear me talking or praying over somebody and all of a sudden I'll just break out into a song. <laughs> I grew up in, with Calypso music playing. I grew up with country music playing. <laughs> and I grew up hearing even Frank Sinatra tunes playing. So yeah, it's, it's not uncommon for God to start speaking to me through music. So he, he gave me a theme song for tonight's message. Maybe, just maybe, I'll sing it later. But for now, I'll talk to you a little bit about what he said to me at 3.37 a.m. this morning when he woke me up. <laughs> As I prepared for this message about closing the gap, God's always talking to me about closing that gap between hearing him and obeying him. People ask me, so how do you do what you do? Where'd you learn this stuff? And I'm thinking to myself, how did I learn all this stuff? I, I don't know. And then God began to tell me, you, you hear me, and you do what I say, and then I tell you some more. So it's more about the relationship that I have with God, more so than anything I've learned from a book or, or from an individual. But individuals have been important, just like this community is important to me. So as I prepared for this message, I could hear my mom singing this song. She always used to say things with a quirky Caribbean accent that my mom's probably watching. Hi, mom. Um, this Caribbean accent, she'll say things like, one hand can't clap. And you're like, I'm eight years old. Please tell me what that means. I, I'm not getting it. Because you will have been outside making noise with all the other six siblings, and then somebody did something. Next thing you know, you're bickering, and you're arguing with them. You're causing some sort of commotion in the yard, and your mom's like, you come inside to complain about the other one. She's looking at you out the window. She already knows the whole story, and you're coming to complain about brother or sister. So she'll calmly tell you something that makes absolutely no sense. One hand can't clap. So I told my mom, what does that mean? She says, well, it takes two, Nicole. Just like closing that gap between hearing and obeying God, it takes two. It takes two. Two things to just walk in obedience to God. So as I prepared this message, I thought, okay, let's talk about closing that gap. When Oakson was up here, he talked about how some things are revealed by family and community and other things are revealed by that personal time that you spend with God and how he reveals those things by himself alone. 
If you were here a few weeks ago, you heard Eric Knopf talk about the prophetic and how you get words of wisdom and words of knowledge from other people and about hearing the voice of God. So I want to talk to you tonight about hearing and obeying, closing that gap. When I asked God something and I asked him, what am I supposed to speak on? He said, Holy Spirit. And this went on for at least three weeks. Holy Spirit. Okay? So what about Holy Spirit? So I got three more words. Well, four. Quench not the Spirit. That's not going to look good on an outline. Please help me. <laughs> so I spent some time praying, and I asked God, okay, anybody who's know, who knows me knows that I spend time in dictionaries trying to figure out words, trying to, you know, just tear a word apart, just see where it came from. So back in the olden days when Waterbury and I went to school, you know, <laughs> we had this back in our generation. You just get a dictionary. People know what this is, right? <laughs> you get a dictionary and you'd crank out the dictionary and you'd look up the word. So the word I looked up first was quench, which should supernaturally be appearing behind me now. Yes. And it had five definitions. To slake, satisfy, or lie, such as thirst and so forth. To put out, extinguish, like fire and flames. To cool suddenly by plunging into liquid, as in tempering steel by immersion in water. To subdue or destroy, overcome or quell. And then the last one was kind of bizarre, to terminate the flow by application of a voltage. Okay. So I immediately gravitated to definition number two, to put out and extinguish a fire. Because I thought about all of the things in the Bible that says, our gods are consuming fire. Quench not the spirit. These kind of scriptures just came to my head. I got it right. And go back to sleep now. Right? <laughs> no. God knows I love a good mystery. So I asked God, okay, what else do you have? So I looked up the definition again, and the words jumped out at me, specifically definition number one. Very few words show up in my vocabulary or in my realm of life that I don't know the meaning of. So the word slake, who knows what that means? Um, probably Waterbury. Don't raise your hand. Anyone else other than Waterbury know what that means? <laughs> okay. I was going to give somebody a demerit if they told me it meant to quench, but that's okay. Do you know what it means? Okay. It feels a thirst, right? It's a good definition of it. But there's several definitions of the word slake. The one the Holy Spirit drew my attention to is one that probably would be found in this little wonder here, verses online. It's the arch it said archaic, something that's not in use, of a very early period art or culture. The word itself is not archaic. It's telling you that they no longer use this word anymore in the way that they're about to tell you what it means. It meant to lessen the force of. So the next step in the mystery was, okay, Holy Spirit, to lessen the force of your God. Who can lessen the force of you? Who can, who, you're, you're making me breathe right now. So how can lessen that force? The, the quench not the spirit 
was not just extinguished or put out like I thought it was initially because I understood what that word mean. It was definition uh, number one and number five also made me think about the flow of electricity. So if you want to put the, yeah, you're so fast, Eric, thanks. <laughs> number five also talks about electronics, which also was, what is he talking about? My dad's a mechanic. My dad's passed away, but he's, he was a mechanic. And there's always some weird little thing around the house. And so I want to show something, and I want to know if anybody knows what that is. I see some, there's one hand in the back. Now there's two. Okay, guy in the back with your hand raised whose name I do not know. What is your name? Aaron? Aaron, what is that? Why do you gap spark plugs? Okay, so spark plugs make something happen in my car engine to ignite them. It, it, it starts a fire, right? So this tool precisely measures the gap at the top of a spark plug. It's super small, although it's gigantic up there. It's probably about the size of a what, a silver dollar or something? These were one of the weird things I saw growing up, this little tool my dad had. And so if you get one of these and you don't know what you're doing with it, you can actually adjust the gap in your, in your car to where you could do damage to your engine, right? Will your car drive if it's adjusted wrong? Okay. So I'm thinking about, God, what does this have to do with closing the gap? Well, some gaps are good. Like take, for instance, baby Shane. Who knows baby Shane in here? In a moment, is that cuteness? Baby Shane, like me, has a gap in his front of his, te his teeth. So sometimes gaps are so cute. And they belong somewhere. But in my relationship to God, I don't want a gap there. I want to be able to close that gap between hearing and obeying. Right? So where in the world is this quench not the spirit thing relevant to the gap in the Bible? So I looked it up. It's in 1 Thessalonians 5.19. But as I studied for this and started reading, I realized 1 Thessalonians 5 starts out with a continuation of a sentence. So I went backwards and I went into 1 Thessalonians 4 to take a look at what he said. And then I went all the way back to 1 Thessalonians, the first chapter, the first verse, to see what in the world the whole book was about. So 1 Thessalonians, the first chapter, talks about who wrote this letter and why they were writing it. So 1 Thessalonians, it says, Paul, together here with Silas and Timothy, sends greetings to the church at Thessalonica. Christians assembled by God the Father and by the Master Jesus Christ. God's amazing grace be with you. God's robust peace. So I determined that chapter 1 was talking to us as Christians. Well, not us in that days because we weren't alive then, no matter what people think regarding our age. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> we know why I said that. 
Um, so I look back at this chapter and I realize, okay, this is a letter that's being written to a group of people. And as I read through all the chapters between where God had given me a scripture in and the first chapter, I realized he's basically telling them, hey, y'all are doing a great job. Thanks for having Timothy over. We'll be visiting you again soon. That's the first to the fourth chapter. Save yourself some time and read it in the message and understand it. It's, it was a good read. But he goes into various topics in those four chapters, which are very applicable to our lives today and not the topic of what I'm talking about tonight. So I won't go into that. But to understand chapter five, it's important to note that he had shifted topics late in chapter four and he starts to talk. I'm about to show you a lot of scripture. So hold on to your seats. He was talking about the fact that there was this relationship that they had with this God that they knew and that they expected him to return for them. So we pick up in verse 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 13, which again supernaturally appeared behind me. So I'll read it from here. And regarding the questions, friends, that have come up about what happens to those already dead and buried, we don't want you in the dark any longer. First off, you must not carry on over them like people who have nothing to look forward to. So he was telling them some things to hope for. As if the grave were the last word, since Jesus died and broke loose from the grave, God was most certainly bring back to life those who died in Jesus. He goes on to encourage them again in, in chapter 4, 15 through 18. And then this, we can tell you with complete confidence that we have a master the master's word on it. That when the master comes again to get us, those of us who are still alive will not get a jump on the dead and leave them behind. So he's basically reminding them, hey, you, you just saw Jesus. He, he made a promise. He's coming back for you, right? In actual fact, they'll be ahead of us. The master himself will give the command, archangel thunder, God's trumpet blast. He'll come down from heaven and the dead in Christ will rise. They'll go first. Then the rest of us who are still alive at the time will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet in with the master. Oh, we'll be walking on air. And then there'll be one huge family reunion with the master. So reassure one another with these words. He's just basically saying, Jesus was here. Then he died for your salvation. And he's coming back. So he gave him the, the salvation message just really as basic as it can be of who Jesus is and what he did. So we established two things. He's speaking to believers who are in assembly, who are looking forward to the second coming of Christ when the master comes. The salvation that he's writing about, he's pretty fired up about because he has had a personal relationship with God when he went with, with um, an encounter with God when he received salvation. And God actually spoke to him and he heard the voice of God. So a gap in his life was filled by a relationship with God. So then I continued my study and I asked God, okay, so what else is there that you want to talk about in this message? Let's look at the fifth chapter where quench not the spirit actually appears. And I'm going to read quite a bit of it to you because it reads so very much like a book and it, it is in context. So I want you to understand who he's talking to and why they're talking. 
I don't think, friends, that I need to deal with the question of when all this is going to happen. He had just talked to them in chapter 4 about the salvation. And they were like, so is that next week? When is, when is that going to happen? You know as well that the day that the master's coming can't be posted on calendars. He won't call ahead and make an appointment any more than a burglar would. About the time everybody's waking, walking around complacently congratulating each other, we're sure we've got it made. Now we can take it easy. Suddenly all will fall apart. It's going to come as suddenly and as inescapably as birth pairings to a pregnant woman. But friends, you're not in the dark. So how could you be taken off guard by any of this? You are sons of light, daughters of day. We live under wide open skies and know where we stand. So let's not sleepwalk through life like those others. Let's keep our eyes open and be smart. People sleep at night. People get drunk at night, but not us. Since we're creatures of the day, let's act like it. So he's basically encouraging them on behaviors. Walk out into daylight sober, dressed up in faith, love, and hope of salvation. God didn't set us up for angry rejection, but for salvation by our master, Jesus Christ. He died for us, a death that triggered life. Whether we awake with the living or as sleep with the dead, we're alive in him. So speak encouraging words one to another. Build up hope so that you all will be together in this. No one left out, no one left behind. I know you're already doing it, so just keep on doing it. That was just such a word of encouragement, going, y'all doing this thing. You are Christians. You found Jesus. You have a relationship with him. Just do what you're doing. I was seeking just what more I could find in scripture. I'm one of those people who like a good mystery, so I knew that wasn't all that there was for me to understand, so I kept reading. In chapter, in verse 12 and and 13, and now, friends, we ask you to honor those leaders who work so hard with you to have been given the responsibility of urging and guiding you along in your obedience. Overwhelm them with appreciation and love. So I identified gap number one. Gap number one is how we respond to leaders. So he isn't just telling them, hey, you got in, chill out, have a good time, you know, make sure you show up on Sundays and be good. One of the first messages I heard when I came to Epic uh, a year and a half ago was one Shaddy Hayek sitting in the second row in the green striped shirt was talking about. And he was speaking on undergirding leadership. Well, I happened to be in a situation where I had a manager who I felt was treating me unjustly. So I didn't feel any need to pray for this individual. Actually, I prayed that God would bless her as far away from me as possible. How soon, Lord? I was in a situation at work where I was being mistreated. In fact, they wanted to hire somebody to do the task that I was doing, and they were going to have me train the individual and pay them not one, but two classifications above me. And I happened to come into the Epic community and hear this message about undergirding leadership. And I, I had to decide whether I was just going to hear the word of God or if I was going to hear and obey and close that gap. Now, mind you, the gap had been there for a while, and I was quite used to not praying for this boss. 
But Holy Spirit has a way if you ask, I want to hear your voice. I want to do what you say. It's a way of telling you. Close that gap. Pray for your boss. So not, not a lot changed. Subsequently, interviewed for the position. Someone else got it. It turned out to be a, a significant blessing in my life. The individual who got it became my friend. Long story. That manager never changed, but she did get promoted out from over me. <laughs> so the first thing I did was I refused to join conversations where her name was being bashed. I refused to be a party to what the things that were being said about her. I actually defended her as our manager, and I, and I actually spoke up because the message talked talk to me about a gap I had in my life that I was not honoring that leader. I was not trying to support what she was doing. I was not trying to further her cause at all. I was not trying to get our group together. I was just seeing how fast I could get my work done so I could go home. God changed me that day. And I continue to pray. I go to work in peace now. I've been absolutely blessed on that job. And the person that they hired instead of me actually blessed me to be able to work somewhere else within the organization that right now is really, truly blessing me. So, gap one, how I respond to leaders. As I looked at the scripture, gap two showed up in verses 13 through 15. And gap two is how we respond to others. And there it is. The word says, get along amongst yourselves, each of you doing your part. Our counsel is that you warn the freeloaders to get a move on. I like to use the term, light a fire under it. If I ever say that to you, know that my mom is somewhere shaking her head. It is her least favorite term that I use in life. <laughs> Gently encourage the stragglers and reach out for the exhausted, pulling them up on their feet. Be patient with each other, attentive, attentive to individual needs, and be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, what? <laughs> yeah, I'll read that again. And be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, you don't snap at each other. How could that be? The Christian folks getting on each other's nerves. I, I don't know where that happens, but it could happen. The word says it could, so it, it must be happening somewhere. <laughs> and it says, be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, you don't snap at each other. Look, at the best, look for the best in each other and always do your best to bring it out. In, I, I love the amplified version. We're reading from the message, but I also have the amplified version, which I don't know if he has, but I do. And it says, I beseech you, which means I'm begging you, brethren, Warn and seriously advise those who are out of line, the loafers, the disorderly, and the unruly. Encourage the timid and faint-hearted. And give your support to the weak souls. And be very patient with everybody, always keeping your temper. Yes, if someone gets on your nerve, it's written right there. You've got to be kind. See that no one repays evil for evil, but always aim to show kindness and seek to do good one to another and to everybody. Be cheerful no matter what. 
in verse um, 16. Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens that this is the way God wants you to belong to Christ Jesus. So that we have a witness. So that we're a little different. I'm the girl at work with the smile on my face. Or I'm the girl at work with, who's a little more tolerant for those who make me want to pull my hair out. Or maybe I'm making them want to pull their hair out. It's an equal opportunity time to get on someone's nerves, right? So you might be sitting here thinking, um, I don't hear from God. I don't. You, Nicole, you're a minister. You, you hear from God all the time. I don't hear from him. I'll tell you a little story about what happened to me. It must be about three years ago now. Um, I was driving in my car. I had a van back then. So I'm driving. I'm coming out of a, of a suburban area, and there's a, a light up ahead, and it's green. Being the good driver that I am, I look both ways. There's nobody coming. And all I hear is, stop your car. So I stopped my car, because I know that voice, right? You know when something, even if you don't know it's God, you know when something is whispering in your head to do something that is out of the ordinary and not what you would do as a normal course of action, right? Has anybody in here ever heard a voice that they just were like, okay, I'm just going to do what I hear, right? Within, I would say, five seconds, what seemed to be a clear street, there was a car going, I would say, about 50, barreling toward the red light. The individual did not look my way. I was to the right of the person. They weren't looking straight either. The person's head was totally turned to the left, like they were driving, driving like this. When I heard stop, I stopped. That voice saved my life that day. And that wasn't the first time that I'd ever been in a situation where, just out of the ordinary, I just hear, do this. Much like I appeared at Epic Life a year and a half ago, I heard, hey, stick around, you know? And it's one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. <laughs> my people. <laughs> so I kept going because you know we haven't even hit quench not the spirit yet have you noticed that but those are two ways that we quench the spirit how we respond to what was the first gap responding to leaders and the second gap how we respond to others so now I get down to the 19th verse and he starts talking about the Spirit. Yay. So the third gap is how we respond to Holy Spirit and the gifts in others. The word says, don't su suppress the Spirit and don't stifle those who have a word from the Master. On the other hand, don't be gullible. Check out everything and keep only what's good. Throw out anything tainted with evil. God wants us to hear his voice. He wants us to hear his voice through other people as well. But he also wants us to use discernment and wisdom to be able to, even common sense. But as Waterbury would say, common sense ain't all that common, <laughs> you know? 
sometimes you got to just ask yourself, does this make logical sense to me? Even though somebody with lots of sense is saying it, does it make sense to me? And have a conversation for myself with Holy Spirit and say, um, this don't make a bit of sense to me, Lord. What are you trying to tell me? Right? So don't suppress the Spirit. For example, an area that you might be considering asking God to talk with you is, you know, some of us are trusting God for a spiritual mate, right? Even that part of our lives, we can have questions, and we want to close the gaps between hearing and obeying. You're looking for somebody who maybe has the same spirit and maybe some of the, you know, same spiritual gifts, right? <sighs> Dudes is what my sister calls them, and that's what Amanda calls them. So one day... I get this in my text. <laughs> Early morning corn from the Amanda. Dudes be like, I'm spiritual. Excuse me. Can you be a little bit more specific? Because demons are spirits too. I need a little clarity here. You know, not just looking for spiritual. <laughs> I need somebody who can walk the walk, not just talk the talk, right? <laughs> so that's another place where we could just close that gap. Holy Spirit's talking to you all the time. You're checking him out. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you said he's spiritual. What kind of spirit are we talking here? Thanks, Amanda. <laughs> I love the Amplified Bible. So I'm going to read the, the, the same scripture from the Amplified Bible in 19th verse. It says, do not quench. That's the word we talked about first, which means to? To slake, which means to? Ah, yeah. Everybody gets an A tonight. It means to lessen the force of. It also means to extinguish, right? So you're looking at Holy Spirit. It says, do not quench, suppress, or subdue. Two more words for you to look up when you get home, boys and girls, right? The Holy Spirit. Do not spurn the gifts and utterances of prophets. Do not depreciate prophetic revelations, nor des despise inspired instructions or exhortations or warnings. That's in the Amplified Version. But test and prove all things until you can recognize what is good. In other words, it's a progression. You're building your muscles, your ability to hear and obey. As that gap gets smaller, you're able to hear God say something and obey it and move on what he said because you have stood the test of time. You've honored your leaders, right? There are many, many scriptures I could have pulled out in this, that talks about honoring leadership and undergirding those. Shaddy used them all. Ask him for his notes. Bless him, Bible scholar. And Knopf has preached so much on, on relationship with Holy Spirit. Look it up on podcast. If you spend five minutes with Waterbury, you've heard at least once. Ask Holy Spirit. So all of those things, we can put them together to close our gaps in our lives. So in the last verses before I close, 
it talks about, after he tells them all these things, in verse 23, he talks about the reasons why you want to do all these things and how these things will help you in your life. So let me see what version he has up there. So good. May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole. That's the Amplified for you. It says it, then it says it again. Might use different words, might use the same ones. I like it. You may like another version. I digress. May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, putting you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of your master, Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he'll do it. So he opens with this promise about this is what you know. This is who you serve. This is your expectation. So it wasn't random that he goes into not just your relationship with God, but also what you do in the in-between time, between the time he's the gap in between the time he left and the time he returns. That's a gap you have no control over. Because no man knows the hour or the day that God, the master, is going to return. Jesus is going to return to get his body. So your choice is to establish relationship with him and to close that gap. The timeline, though, the gap between the time the master has left and the time the master returned, you have no control over. But you do have the control over the gap that you have in those three areas of your life. What's the first one? Ah, bonus round. How we respond to leaders. Second one? How we respond to others. Third one? How we respond to Holy Spirit. So I ask you to just take a moment and examine the gaps in your life. This is for believers and pre-believers as well, people who have not yet joined the family. What kind of reputation do I have in work or ministry? What am I leaving undone? Where am I letting little crevices creep up into my life to where God isn't being glorified for who I am? What kind of rep reputation do I have with my peers? Are you that person? who's got a Bible that you're always whacking people on the head with, but you know what? You're no fun. Just saying. You know, so I have to look at myself. You know, what am I doing? How do I support the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the body? Am I the kind of person who encourages others, who is able to help others and, and learn what the Word says as well as live it? Or do I just know it here, but don't know it here? How wide is my gap between hearing God's voice and obeying it? Well, peace be with you tonight. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, oh, Kelly Breton, I'm just like. Thanks, my people. <laughs> you may be seated. I've always wanted to do that. Kelly wants me to sing the song that Holy Spirit gave me. Um, 
my time's up, though. I'm sorry. Before you sing it, explain the significance of the consequences of allowing a gap to remain in your life. Because it's very easy to listen to this, and you know you have this little thing at the back of your mind. You're like, eh, I hope, and then you, you're onto somebody else's gap that seems so much bigger. But explain what's the consequences of that gap. Okay, so when sing, I gotta do what I'm told some days. Well, I only have three minutes left. <laughs> so um, before I sing. So, as you can see, these were believers, right? But he's still writing them that they had some issues, gap one, two, and three. So they have the choice to hear and obey. In the word, it talks about, if you will do what I tell you, this is what's going to be the response, the result of it, that God is going to do what he said in your life. If I leave a gap open at work, I... I, I I'm one of those people that, a lot of my coworkers are listening, so I'll put this as delicately as I can. One of those people in the office that you tolerate, you're not looking to spend time with them, and you certainly don't want to hear a Christian message from them, because the life I'm living before you is not one that says, oh, I know Jesus, or I'm any different than someone who is just without is just godless or doesn't have an, any sort of um, foundation in their life for change. There's no relationship there with God. There's no, no guidance. And oftentimes there's no self-governance because God's trying to, when he told me to step on that break, I had the option to go, this light's green. I'm just going to go on and drive on through. If I had driven through that light, then I would have not been here today. That person was going so fast, and they were not looking forward. They weren't looking in my direction. So you may be sitting here, and God is saying something to you that is as simple as, do you know me? And if you do know me, do people know you know me? Not by what you say, but how you are. Do people even understand what it is to have a, a personal relationship with God through what you're doing. More fingers pointing at me on a daily basis. So when my boss decided to treat me the way that she did, and God identified that gap that you aren't praying for her, she's not going to get any better. Nobody's praying for her at all. Who's God talking to you about? Is he just talking to you about you? Is he talking to you about a coworker? Is he talking to you about a friend? The consequences of disobedience is never anything good. It is always contrary to God's perfect will. In Romans 8, it talks about doing, proving what the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So God, yeah, if I had turned the corner and, and been hit by a car, yeah, you could have prayed and maybe prayed for healing. But it was my disobedience that created that situation. God tried to warn me. I didn't pay attention. His grace could cover me. The person could have snapped out of whatever trance they had going on. Because I promise you that person was not with us on this plane. Where is God speaking to 
to your heart tonight. What is going on with you personally? Why is it that God had you come tonight of all nights? And what are you going to do with this message that you just heard? Up, oh, time's up. Can't sing. <laughs> is that enough, Mr. Waterbury? Bible scholar, sir. Um, okay, so why did I mention that song? Anyway, so in my head, it was a Calypso song, which y'all probably have heard Calypso or reggae songs. So it went like this. Let me see. It's in the notes. It's only three lines. Don't get too excited. I didn't spend enough time trying to get the whole song because I knew somebody in the audience was probably going to want me to sing it. Okay. Remember, it's my mom. She has a West Indian accent, so I'll do my best to sing it like she would. Oh, in fact, you can sing it with me. One hand can clap, please close the gap, quench not the spirit. Bring it with me. One hand can clap, please close the gap, quench not the spirit. That's all I got before I put my pen down. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So I guess I would ask you. Uh, I had a word text to me. And I thought I would share it with you. It said, uh, there's nonstop noise in the spirit. It's sirens like a police, EMT, or fire. All of those are safe things to help me. There's a lot of hurt in the room, and the angels are coming to take, remove, and heal. Because the gaps that hurt us the most are typically the ones that are the easiest to ignore. The ones that we explain away. The ones that make sense. You understand why I wouldn't have a good relationship with that person or respect them, because look at what they've done to me. But I will tell you, some of the greatest blessings I've had have been leaders in the church, because I've always worked in the church as a volunteer. Leaders in the church who treated me poorly, who didn't appreciate the sacrifice I made, who talked about me behind my back. They blessed me. About 20 years ago, I went to a, a church and at great cost to myself, uh, led a young adult ministry there. <clears throat> and the worship leader was a person who literally followed me around to see if he could find something wrong in what I was doing. And I didn't understand why it was. But God used him not only to help me to do things for the right reason, because when somebody's following you around like that, you need to pay attention to what you're doing. But he also taught me to respect his position and to ignore his performance. Much like King David, who God said was a man after God's own heart, David was anointed a king and hunted like a dog by the man who was also king. And if you're going to develop the heart that has a heart after God, where God can say of you, you're a son after my own heart. 
you're a daughter after my own heart. You have to learn to hold steady and close the gaps. Because when you do that, you develop an inner sense of authority and confidence in your sonship or your daughtership that nobody can take away from you. You can say whatever you want to say about me. I know who my daddy God is. And I have gaps I have to close. Holy Spirit's been showing me so much lately on stuff I have to work on. And it's really exciting. It's kind of like the prophetic word we had. When you hear the sirens, they're actually coming to help you. The word says that God as our Father disciplines every son he loves. So if he showed you gaps tonight, and if the worship band wants to come up, if he showed you gaps tonight, I just want to encourage you to be unashamed. Because the last I heard, nobody here was perfect. So if he showed you no gap, either you're not listening or he doesn't love you. And I bet it's not the second one. So I thought I would just ask you. Um, I love people like Oakson who put himself on the line. And that was a process. So I want to give you a chance to develop your testimony, start working on your testimony tonight. Uh, as the uh, music starts playing, um, I just want to ask you to respond. I'm just going to read the gaps. If Holy Spirit talked to you about one of these gaps, I want you to stand. Why would I do that? Because if you don't ever respond to the Holy Spirit and you're embarrassed to respond publicly, the word says, if you're embarrassed of me, I'll be embarrassed of you. There's no shame in it. So I'm going to read the first gap. The first gap is a response to leaders. If Holy Spirit showed you a gap in your life in this area tonight, I want you to stand. That's leader anywhere, a work, a boss, a leader, me. I can bring out the worst in people sometimes. The second gap is responding to others. Stay standing. If the Holy and if if God showed you, you responded to the first gap, but God showed you also responding to others, I want you to raise your hand. And the third gap is how we respond to the Holy Spirit and the gifts in others. <laughs> so I just want to pray over you tonight. Um, God, we just offer ourselves to you and I offer myself to you in every single gap area. Lord, I thank you for the authority that you've given me as I have addressed these gaps in my life through the years. But Father, I pray that you would just give us the courage to act, to obey. Even the little gaps that you showed us 
because if you can trust us with the little things then you can trust us with our dreams you can trust us with the resources to actually accomplish what is a dream in our heart I pray Lord that you would help us just to address our gaps that the people around us those circles would even change because as we walk in integrity we are drawn to those who have it and they are drawn to us Lord we just offer ourselves to you tonight change us Lord change us Father we pray from the inside out change my heart Lord change our hearts and help us Lord to learn to hear your voice to confidently hear your voice like we heard it tonight and to respond because there is no cave so dark you do not make light when we desire light so we offer ourselves to you tonight in worship we offer ourselves in praise and we ask you Lord give us the courage and the ability to follow through on what you revealed tonight thank you for loving us so much that you point out exactly the gaps that we need to close so that we can have deeper intimacy with you which leads to our dream on earth which is intimacy with others so tonight before we enter a time of worship and ministry I break off every lie every word curse and every accusation that's been spoken over any of you in any area of your life that would keep you from having the courage to step forward and address the gaps that God's shown you. I break the power of all the hopelessness that your shattered dreams, other times when you've stood and felt like God showed you something and it didn't go like you thought it was going to, I break the power of those memories. Because I promise you, Daddy God desires to hold you like you've never been held. I break the power of things that have happened in the past. The emotions that were stirred, I ask the light and fire of the Holy Spirit to come down and cleanse your emotions tonight. that you would be completely set free from sadness, pain, fear, every harassing, tormenting thought. And we just invite the power of the Holy Spirit to minister so beautifully and so powerfully tonight to cleanse us, teach us, comfort us, and help us to walk into a deeper intimacy with God which always results in deeper intimacy with people. I bless you tonight for the Father's blessing, a provision for every need that you have in any realm, spiritually, financially, academically, socially, intellectually, any realm. I bless you tonight with the abundant provision that God has for you. I pray these things in the name of Jesus.